This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Gary? Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks I'm for having me. I'm from Amino.dk, which is the biggest uh, entrepreneurial online platform in Denmark. I'm aware. And uh, What so up, we, Denmark? <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to ask you, this. we have some success stories uh, from Denmark coming to USA and Silicon Valley, like Zendesk and uh, Plan Day and Trustpilot and stuff yep. like that. Yep. So no many entrepreneurs out there are sitting having this dream of going to the US and Silicon Valley and the whole VC dream you know over yep. there so what would be your advice to other Danish entrepreneurs wanting to go over there what does it take to first, be successful there? first of all and I would say this if we were talking about entrepreneurs in Boston or Florida Silicon Valley has done an incredible job branding itself mm-hmm. The fact that there are you know, young girls and guys in Denmark right now dreaming to go pitch a VC in Silicon Valley makes me laugh. Um, I think it's to the detriment. I genuinely believe that 95% of the people, 97% of the people who are watching right now that have that ambition will lose because of that ambition. Because when you're pandering to venture capital in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. in today's day and age, you're building a financial arbitrage machine, not a business. You're doing things for CAC and LTV and fundraising, not for the consumer. And and so I would tell everybody who's watching to not do it. To to create a scenario where, you know how I think about it? Mm -hmm. I never thought about going to Silicon Valley. I thought about doing shit that made Silicon Valley come to me. And so building a business will always be leverage. You know, the success stories out of this market were individuals that built businesses. They were not great at creating a, a, a pitch deck and going to Sand Hill Road and convincing people. Because before you walk on the floor into the office, if you are from Europe, you're already got 10 strikes against you because of the American audacity, right? So don't walk in with no leverage. What I would tell everybody who's watching is build a business. And, and don't say, oh, Denmark's a small market. Build a business, learn how to build a business. I learned how to build a business on a street in New Jersey for lemonade, then in the malls of New Jersey for baseball cards, then a single small liquor store in a regional part of New Jersey, then a liquor store for the East Coast, then a liquor store for America, then me, I started building me for you know, web 2.0 people, then business people, wine people. So you know, I think about leverage. It's good to have it and it's not fun when you don't have it. When you pander to Silicon Valley, you do not have it. And even when you get signed, as I think about it, like an artist, that VC is gonna give you advice that is selfish to the VC and their exit, not what you should be doing about your business. So I would tune out the noise. I would take the pedestal, Silicon Valley is an amazing place, but I would take it to its proper place. And uh, I would start thinking about the consumer the person that you're trying to build the product for. I'm religious about my consumer. That's why I produce so much content for entrepreneurs. They're my consumer. I wanna bring them value, not what's the extraction out or be cool amongst five cool entrepreneurs that I have them. It's about them and so become consumer centric, not VC centric. Okay, great. 
another question is we have in Denmark a lot of uh, marketing agencies yes. especially social media yes. I think that's a general thing uh, <laughs> yes. with the uh, social media coming forward as it is uh, so uh, many people has uh, been wondering and has been asking us because we have been asking people what they wanted to know what is in your opinion opinion the biggest mistake that you have made uh, building Vayner Media and what did you learn from it that's a great question. Um, I might have been a little too slow in bringing people with agency experience because I was romantic that we didn't have it. And I fixed it by now hiring a lot of people with agency experience and creating a filter. I was, you know, look, I'm trying to give you an answer. Let me tell you, let me give you an insight. It's hard for me to talk about the things that I didn't do well, not because I don't care, but I, I love talking about passing on Uber twice. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's because I actually don't understand it or ponder it or dwell on it or think about it. So I have to like be thoughtful about, yeah, what did I do wrong? And even as I'm saying that was wrong, it was right. Because by not bringing in agency people early on, we established a different culture. And every time we bring one in, they try to make us McGarry Bowen or Gray Advertising or Ogilvy. They're great people. It's you know they come to Bainer like Gary, we're so I'm so excited. I hate the old agencies. I've been in it for 20 years. Now I'm gonna really do it. But they're creatures of their environment, mm. and they start going into bad behavior that they got over there. Can lions and ad age, you know. Mm. Um, but but that's still being said. I will say I probably could have been a year earlier, quicker, more senior people. It would have sped up the process. We would absolutely be further along financially. And my intuition tells me that we would still be in a great place culturally. So I probably waited one year too long to bring in senior talent. And I was so obsessed with grooming my own talent that I made some of them go faster into something they weren't ready for. And some of them quit or got fired because I pushed them to, almost like a VC, I pushed some of my own executives, my own homegrown talent, too far. They weren't ready. I wanted it for them. They wanted, of course, financially and business card for themselves, mm-hmm. but I should have done a better job in giving them another year or two to hone their craft. They weren't ready to manage at 26, you know? Because mm-hmm. what happens when you go from being craft to management, whew, goes from black and white to gray. I thought I had it under control. We had enough not work out that I could have probably been a little bit more thoughtful. A little more from the outside, a little slower within, would have worked out better. Okay, great. So, it's interesting. another marketing agency question uh, that we got was, how do you see uh, AI and machine learning coming into that market? Do you see it changing the agency business in the future? I sure do. Because I th- how? It's gonna change every business in the future because yeah. it's going to make a lot of dumb shit way more efficient. Which means people that do dumb shit work are gonna have to look for new jobs. Um, it's gonna create enormous opportunity for clients. Uh, one of my biggest ones is I, I think that Facebook Messenger and its AI is going to be a very dangerous product against Twitter's customer service product. So right now I think a lot of times when we complain or want customer service we go to Twitter. I think Facebook in the next 24 months is gonna steal that market because brands are gonna build AI bots and machine learning in Messenger and it's gonna be incredible and they won't have to pay VaynerMedia or anybody else for community management 
and they'll have the bot do it, but they'll probably, you know, it's funny, now nobody's really doing it anymore. It was cool in 2007 to 11. I'm excited because I think what they're gonna do is build AI and message bots and then add one or two humans to finish off what's not, you know, completely perfect. So it's funny, I've been thinking about VaynerMedia getting back into community management on the back of AI and machine learning. Uh, that's one one guess, something I see in the market. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to affect every business in the world. It's a very big space that I'm excited about. And I haven't been talking about a lot yet because I'm still, I don't like to talk when I don't have every T and like I, you know, I have to be, you know, I'm such a me that if I don't have my shit together, people will crash me down. So I don't talk about stuff I don't fully know. I know a lot about AI and machine learning, but I'm not a practitioner enough, but I intuitively know exactly where it's going or I think I do. Okay, great. So last question. Yes. Um, about the, now we're at the Elevate 2017. Yes. And, um, do you think that conferences like this in general is a, a relevant thing for entrepreneurs and a good thing to go to and, yes. and why? And not for me though. How much? Not, uh, a lot, but yeah. not because I'm on stage, because you should be talking to each other. Yeah. The end. For it's the networking. A hundred thousand percent. I am obsessed with conferences and real life events mm -hmm. for the human part, not the content on stage. It's why I push Q&A. Yeah. I push Q&A because it's a chance for me to give you guys new content, potentially, that you haven't seen. Whereas if I'm left to myself to give a talk right now, it's a combination of the last seven talks I've put up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know? I'll, I'll do a good job by using analogies that are more Danish or you know, or something might happen yesterday on Facebook and that's why I'm a good public speaker because I keep updating and making a context. But Q&A forces completely different content out of me uh, which is why it's been very powerful for me. Um, and that's why more conferences should be Q&A. You know, I'm a good speaker. There's a lot of fancy names that give the same exact presentation everywhere. And it sucks. You know, maybe they bring in tickets for new people, but if God forbid you saw that, that guy or girl a year ago in, you know, in Helsinki at some big tech event, you're just on your phone for that hour when you can see 10 minutes in. I have a lot of fancy tech friends who I'm like, you are, this is a bad idea. You're like losing people because you feel boring and stale when you're so vibrant and incredible. So, but that's a tangent that I went over here. Back to the real answer. The real answer is every one of you should go to more conferences but you should go if you feel like the quality of the people there, and if you're willing to say hello. Mm. If you're a hardcore introvert, that is a, you know, uh, you know, a Java coder who is very introverted and doesn't want to say hello, I, I don't think you should go. Because the value is the handshakes and the business card exchange and the talking at lunch. And if you're, if you're willing to have some courage or some uh, networking skills, you should go, if not, then you should only go if you like the content or the speakers. Okay, Gary, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Podcast family, big ups. Thank you so, so, so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I uh, enjoyed creating it. Uh, and to leave you with a little bit of love uh, and excitement, something I'm super pumped up about, January 30th, 2018, 13018, crushing it. The new book is out. The follow-up to Crush It, the book that put me on and so many of you on, is coming. 
go to Amazon, pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. It would mean the world to me if you got on that train. Get one for you. Get one for your friend. This is the personal branding Bible. This is the social media Bible. My updated thoughts on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, uh, and little fun tidbits like Alexa and profiles on 30 entrepreneurs that read Crush It and Crushed It. I'm super excited and proud. Fast read, super valuable. Crush It still is the book I get emailed about the most. I'm trying to follow it up hard with Crushing It. Go to Amazon, search Crushing It.